This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, Art? How you doing, man? Yo, it's good. How you doing, man? It's been a while since I seen you last. Yeah, yeah. I miss your buddy. I wish the uh, I wish I still lived closer to the city. I'd have been seeing you. No, all but it's a lot okay. It, it, <laughs> it, it's okay. Like you know, um, it, you know, obviously we've been through some wars over here, but you know, we're back. We're back. Baby. <laughs> Hell yeah! So I got a million questions to ask you, but um, you know, I guess we're gonna start with what is FGCOS. Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it's pretty simple. So, like, so guys, it's not like reinventing the wheel. So, like, you know, don't think it's like anything crazy where it's like, oh my god, art's creating like a whole new operating system. No. So, so, so basically, you know, um, we've done a pretty good job, like in this channel, other places, like you know, talking about like basically, like you know, like how a, how a tuned operating system. You even talked about it in your last article. You mentioned during the whole Capcom Cup thing that the um the difference between like a stock OS and like a highly tuned OS. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so, so basically, FGCOS is designed to drop people's latency and, um, and, and helps like helps up their content creation game and um, mitigates a lot of the problems that for tournaments right now that fighting game tournaments have. You know, obviously they have some configuration problems with setting up like on Windows, right? So just mm-hmm. like all the pre tweaks all in one package. So that's basically what FGCOS is. Okay, so. What is the root operating system? Linux, oh, Windows? Oh yeah, it's gonna be Windows. Yeah, it's gonna be Windows. It's just a tweaked Windows. It's a highly tweaked Windows, like designed for tournaments. So it's nothing like too crazy. So how does one install it from a basic level? Is this an ISO that you're gonna be distributing and then people need to put in their Windows key? Do they need to install Windows first and then they run this package over it to convert it? Yeah, like I'm I'm still trying to figure out the best way. For now, I'm just installing it to like top players myself while I figure out the best method of install. Like may- maybe executable might be the best way where you get like your own package, your own Windows, your own Windows package, and then you just apply this on top of it and it runs all the tweaks. That's one way of doing it. Um the easier way is the far more expensive way where you uh you work with Microsoft to do custom embedded OS, which is I mean yeah, which- fifteen years ago, yeah. More than that, like XP embedded was really hard. And then once 7 embedded started coming out, then it started to feel more like Windows. And now, uh, I mean, it's basically the the same thing. There's even a a neat little GUI that lets you design it. The problem with that, though, is then you would have to, everybody would have to purchase a new Windows license. Yeah, exactly. Like that. That's why I wouldn't, that's why I wasn't talking about doing the disk installer. Yeah. You know, like USB installer. Like, yeah, it'd probably be something that you should apply on Windows 10. That'd be nice, but it is nice to have all the tweaks in one place. 
like I found that like you know when when you have like a stock Windows installed is um there's there's actually like so many things you need to disable, and especially for fighting game tournaments, it's like the, like fighting game tournaments those need specific, I think those need specific Windows optimizations because that's like the only PC game where you're hot swapping multiple controllers mm. on a PC setup, you know, which can be annoying, obviously. So I just I want to back up for a minute because I want to I want to make sure that we don't lose anybody in this because this is really important, um, but it's not. It's not as hard as people think, and it's no, it's more, not. It's not. but it's also more important than people think. And the best way I could describe this is late 2000s, I, building Windows Embedded Images was a giant part of my job for at least six months. Yeah, And there was one point where we were trying to make very, very low-powered hardware. Low-powered because we needed to have low heat output because it had to be wow. sealed and fanless, which in 2023, it's like, who cares, asshole, get an iPad. But it was hard back then. Yeah, well, so we uh, needed to use super low powered stuff, but we still needed to distribute TV across it, across the network and across TV tuners. So you basically needed to be decoding video, but at the lowest power hardware. And if we just loaded Windows 7 at the time and or Media Center or, or whatever, you know, whichever one we were using. Yeah, sure. It would not do it. It would stutter. It would sputter. If if you got like if you were watching TV and another message came through, it would really slow the computer down. But stripping the OS down to a point where everything was, uh, it, it only had what you needed. Uh-huh. Everything was smooth as butter, and it never never really failed unless it was you know a hardware failure or something. So uh-huh. that same piece of hardware could do exactly what it was designed to do if you don't run all the other crap behind it. And obviously, you know, Microsoft designs this. You know, people love to shit on Windows, but it's one OS that works on basically everything. Yeah, you know, Bob, and- you did such a good explanation of it. Like, I, I was so <laughs> I didn't know you did all that back in the day. I know you're making custom. Yeah. Oh, so, so, like, so, so you get it. It's like I didn't have to explain anything. You just explained it for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of funny the crap I used to do before I started doing retro RGB full time. Like, if I had continued down that path, I would have been some some rich fuck living in a big house. And now, uh, you know, now I put my face in the front of a t-shirt with my middle finger in it, but I'm having fun. So whatever. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it's very important, but it's not that hard. Uh, but you do need a little bit of it stuff. Coincidentally, years ago, I wrote a guide on how to use clonezilla to back up and restore your hard drives. Mm-hmm. I actually did it paid work for another company. And I was like, the, the retro scene, could use this and this is not you know a competitor so i put it on retrogb.com but that's that's the type of thing so like let's say you have a computer that's working totally fine it's a windows computer everything's great but you know you want this low lag thing invest in another hard drive you don't need to but well a cheap ssd is like 40 bucks now yeah yeah it's like yeah. basically basically what bob's trying to say to like we bob's trying to say to all like the layman out there is that you don't number one. You don't need good hardware to actually do this. And when we have a, we have a part. Oh, we'll get to that. Don't worry. I'll be picking yeah, your brain about that. Machine, <laughs> the great part is, you get so many resources back. That's basically like a new machine. Yeah, and like it's hard to explain. It's it's basically like you know, it's just this simple. You know, if you're using yeah. less of your CPU and GPU, obviously that frees up latency, right? But to try this out without messing your stuff up, get yeah. any hard drive, any SSD, just to start, uh-huh. and then use Clonezilla to clone your current drive to the new one. And then just unplug your other drive. Just unplug the power. So if anything goes wrong, you can just plug it back in and go back to the way it was. But then if you're running Windows 10 or 11, run the Windows reset. So it, it erases everything and it starts from a fresh Windows install. And then run 
FGCOS uh, installer over it. And yes, yeah. technically you're cloning your Windows installation, which is technically gray area illegal, but you also are keeping it on the same machine. So one would argue that that's actually still legal. So whatever. I, yeah, Microsoft yeah. is never coming after you for using two copies of Windows on the same set of hardware. It's never you're well, never going to get your, your jobs. Yeah, exactly. Well, 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 that, well, that's why I was that's why I was going towards like an installer because that way you know you have a stock Windows OS and then you know you apply yeah. to top of it. I wanted to take the time to fumble through all that though, just to paint the picture before we even go any farther. You know, I don't want people getting 15 minutes into this and going, uh, "But my computer's running perfect. I don't want to do all that." You don't have to. And all if yeah. you if you're somebody that uh, that yeah. trusts your BIOS boot, you could just hit F12 or whatever your key is and select which operating system to boot whenever you start your computer. And if not, if you if you're a nerd with hardware trust issues like I have, you could just pop open the side of your computer and swap the SATA cable back and forth between whichever drive you want when you boot, and you never have to worry. It's so much easier than the sounds. You don't have to screw up your current rig. Yeah, people get so scared. Yeah, yeah people get so scared by a couple of things. They're scared that's going to kill their rig. Mm-hmm. They're scared that like they're going to get compromised somehow, or like they're scared of the no latency light. Yeah, <laughs> it's like one that's of those things. <laughs> so now that we know that this is very important, but yeah, also very, very easy. Yeah, 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 tweaking. Yeah, tweaking is very important. It's just that. It, it is very easy, and you're right. It's just the thing is with FGC, like I said, they have specific needs, specific to, to offline tournaments, you know, of swapping controllers. Right. Like for example, like there's common things, like one of the common things, for example, if you don't have like a, a Brooks uh, Wingman, you know, shouts to them for their for their devices. If you don't have a Brooks Wingman plugged in, you plug in like a DualShock 5 controller, the, um, the wireless controller will steal the audio in Windows, for example. So you're playing a game, and then it switches over to the wireless controller on the PS5, and then you have to exit out. So, and so, what so, is a Brook Wingman for anybody who doesn't know? Oh, so 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 the Brook Wingman is basically a um a direct input to X input adapter for PC, right? So plug it in, it shows up as an Xbox 360 controller, and it translates all all controllers like from direct input to X input. So this means Xbox and PS3, PS4 controllers, PS5 controllers. Okay. So like so, so so a ton of random PCBs work on it. I'd say like um so we did a tournament using only the Brooks Wingman, and I w- I would say. About ninety-eight percent of the PCBs worked. There were some edge cases where PCBs didn't work, but it was fine. Okay. Yeah, like I'm not. I'm not it's not. It's not at one hundred percent, but it's pretty darn close. I'm very surprised by how well the controller support is on the Brook Wingman's. And you know, considering that that it translates direct input over to X input, that means that every game is in Xbox mode. And by doing that, you don't have to restart a lot of these games. You have to restart. So that is that feeling. is the one thing that I don't think, and I mean this with love That's and so respect, by the way. So but important. I don't think a lot of tournament organizers who do local stuff understand that because the their complaint of every time you plug in a new controller, you might have to reset the game. That is real. They're not yeah, making real. that yeah, up. Yeah. This, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply common problems that we have at tournaments one of the things yeah. is actually having to restart the game so so with these types of setups you can um you don't have to restart the game so you don't have to restart the game and like that's huge you don't have to change any of the sound inputs because again it pretty much functions it designed to make it windows function like a console 
I was like, you know, use plug and play, quick swapping of inputs. No so the ringman basically just tells the computer, here is controller one, here's controller two. Yes, and it cuts point. off everything on the other side, and yes, the wingman itself everything. handles pairing the controllers. Yeah, so you can't even pause, which is good for tournaments. You don't want to pause. Great. <laughs> right? So that Great. way, controller swaps will not mess up the games at all. Yeah, controller swaps don't mess up the games at all, and it's just, it's just a plug-and-play experience. Like, obviously, sometimes, like, with the wingmans, they're not, like, 100% perfect, so it requires situations where sometimes I have to unplug and replug the adapter, but that's fine, you know? So you got yourself Brook Wingman, uh, and now you've loaded up the FGC OS, but what what else is this doing, right? So is it uninstalling stuff? Like, what else is it doing? Um, like so, so so pretty much so pretty much has a ton of security mitigations around, right? So basically, so 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 basically has a ton of Windows mitigation. So tweaking the registry, you know, like um, it's it's installed like a bunch of PowerShell commands. Um, it's nothing. It's nothing too crazy, actually. It's just just stuff that we've done. It's just stuff that's available elsewhere. It's just combining multiple tweak packages into one package. So, okay. yeah, so, so like, and, and then here's the thing. So, once you have a tweaked OS installed, you know, there's a couple of there's a couple of issues running tournaments. Number one, you don't want the players to um change settings, right, right. On, on Windows because that changes the latency, right? So, I actually have modes where there's um, I have modes. I have a mode that is tournament ready, meaning they cannot access any of the Windows commands while they're running the game, which is which is great. That's great because that's what you want. Because you want plug and play, and you want them to not be able to change any Windows settings in a tournament environment. So hmm. those are the specific tweaks that I'm going, I'm going after to call FTCOS because like that's a specific problem for for offline fighting game tournaments to actually run. Like by doing this, we're mitigating the fact that the player would be able to either a modify the Windows or game settings and b plug and play. Which is the biggest problem at tournaments. So, so now, like, so now with this, we can actually, we actually like a framework where we can actually run it, and they can see the benefits of PC easily. So, okay. all, that's all stuff that's pre-tweaked. So, so quality of life function is a big part of it as well. You know, controllers. Yeah, the quality of life is is the is the biggest thing. Why I'm calling it FGCOS. So uh, players change settings. I also want everybody to know that that's not like. There, that's not like a nefarious. Ooh, I'm gonna go in and change a setting. Oh, no, no. match. I, if anybody's ever leaned on a keyboard before, yeah, you can change setting by accident. Yeah, crazy. There are there are commands that are built into Windows, like Control Alt Shift Up or something. Yeah, used to rotate the screen. So there was the first time that happened to me. I was like, "What on earth just happened to my computer? Why is it in Tate mode? Like, I don't understand what's going on." And it was because I leaned on it and it hit that button combination. So. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and you described it perfectly because basically we have to protect the end user for, from itself. So, so I'll give you an example in tournament, and this only happened because, like, you know, I've been doing PC tournaments. So, so one common problem is, for example, right? So, so the way we had defend the north setup, we had like four laptops on the side, and we had them all plugged in into one sixty five hertz monitors, right? So, like, nice. so, so, so the problem is one of the common problems is if for whatever reason you have to access the, the, the settings of Windows, you have to open the monitor, you have to open the lid of the laptop. So when it does that, it goes back to um, it actually goes back to um, like clone mode. So then you lose the refresh rate. So you end up going back to sixty hertz. So basically, FGC OS mitigates things like that. Like just okay. something as simple as opening the laptop can change your setting. Yeah. In a tournament. So you uh, you have settings locked down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But where where do the optimizations come in as far as reducing input latency? Because you and I have talked about this o- over the past year. 
and some of the stuff you told me, I was like, yeah, no, it's definitely what I found. But some of the other stuff you told me, I was like, it's new. It's seriously, that affected latency? Like, what are some of the things and some and of the things that you did? Yeah. Oh, like so, so, so like, so, it, like I said, it's not my invent. So it's basically a bunch of community tweaks you can all bring together. It's not something that I made specifically. The, the only you part tested is tested it all. So yeah, I tested it all. I tested yeah. it all. I tested it all. So, 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 so basically, here's some here's some things that are pretty interesting, right? So. First off, like certain better, certain versions of Windows are better for deep loading and stuff like that, right? Like, Second such as? I, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like if you go between Windows Seven to even Windows Eleven, you know, obviously, you know, as you go up in OSs, you can strip more, less and less out of the OS. Right. Yeah. Um. But you can't run a lot of stuff on Windows Seven anymore. So. Yeah. So, so like, so, so it's important to note this. Like, when we're talking PC optimization, like, once I explain, it, I hope this exclamation, this exclamation makes sense. So, first off, as you and I know, but the viewers might not know. Windows is not a real-time OS. Mm-hmm. Do, 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 do you think your audience knows what that means? So, so basically, everything runs in a queue, so it's not in order, right? right. So like, it's not running at the same time, right? So basically, like the way this reduces input latency is if you debloat the machine and you shorten the queue, why wouldn't you have lower latency, right? Because not that's a an excellent OS. way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that makes sense, right? No, so, that was a great analogy. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. So so once you remove so once you remove all the things like um. In, in the queue, then it's like certain things built into Windows. Like for example, Windows Defender. You know, like right. Windows, Windows Defender, Firewall, and like um, for example, Cortana. Like they all they all add bloat. Yes, Cortana right? adds so much bloat that that since day one, that's like when I when I get a machine or when a friend of mine, or, you know, I can't tell you how many of my friends drop ship laptops to me so I can pre-configure it yeah. and mail it back out to them. And that's the number one thing I do is disable Cortana. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. This is number one. This is this is the cool part about this blog because I've already had a top player review it, and you know he's just talking about his feelings. I can give you the more technical explanation of it, which uh, would, would make sense when I'm explaining it to you. So, so anyway, so you have to remove like a lot of the windows blow. Did you actually know? Did you actually know that some of the um some of the mitigations? You, know, you remember Spectre and Meltdown a couple of years back? The BIOS yeah. um yeah. So like those actually add input delay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah um so i i didn't actually know that but yeah. i when you say it out loud it makes perfect sense because a yeah, lot yeah. of the tweaks that they did in order to fix that involved yeah, security scanning things in real time yeah I, i'm adding security yeah. like adds overhead basically right mm-hmm. so so like so you, you know like it's all it's nothing crazy so, so yeah, so, I just I gotta pause you for a moment here because you, you mentioned the s word security that's the other reason why i said Learn my CloneZilla tutorial. It's super yeah. freaking easy. And buy another hard drive. And you if you're really worried, buy two. At like 40, yeah, exactly. 30 bucks each. So if you're worried about security, well, install GCOS on your machine on one drive. Yeah. Get that all tweaked up or you know, make sure it's installed, get everything mm-hmm. ready, and then do a clonezilla backup of that to a file. And then keep uh-huh. it on two hard drives. Well, 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 I'm thinking about tournament yeah, organizers, yeah. by the way. So yeah, every right, time yeah. you're done with one, yeah, just put the other one in. Yeah, reimage the first one, and you never have to worry about security. Because what if it got infected halfway through the tournament? Who cares? Yeah, you can also erase yeah. it. Yeah, you, <laughs> just erase, you can just erase it and get back to stock in a couple of minutes, actually. Right. So, so, so I just so, wanted so, to make so, sure so, I, ta- I paused about security because we're not telling people to run completely open, insecure machines. Oh, yeah. No, only no, when you're in the middle no. of the tournament or practice. No, no. no if, if you're in tournament mode, you can't change any settings. You can't even go to the menus. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like, so, so like that. that's perfect for tournaments. It's like they're not going online anyway, and you can't access the Windows settings. So it doesn't matter. It's specifically designed for playing games, though. It's like you know, I'm not trying to like do like my daily everything on this, but right, 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 yeah. 
So, so like, so, so also there's going to be options, you know, to disable, you can enable or disable certain types of settings, like ones that you're familiar with. So the thing is with PC, although it is the lowest latency, one of the biggest problems right now is standardization of settings. That, that's the most important part that I want to get across because like a PC has got like, it's the lowest latency, but it depends on how well you tune your machine. And what I found out is that basically when it comes to latency, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, Bob, every single component in your machine matters, duh, right? <laughs> Every single right. component, every single setting, right? Like everything. Actually, everything. every component matters to a point, though. So if you still have a mechanical spinning hard drive and you go to an SSD, that's massive. But if you have a PCIe 3, you know, 3,500 meg a second drive, and you, you don't need to jump to a PCIe 4, 7,000 meg per second drive, that's mm-hmm. not really going to affect input latency in yeah, those games. But, yeah. you know... Th- you know, going with a, an old Celeron processor versus any newer i series, yeah. basic stuff makes a big difference. But oh, we're yeah, not so, talking about yeah. the difference between a two thousand dollar processor yeah. and a five hundred dollar processor. You know? Yeah, you're doing a great job keeping it in perspective. I'm, I'm just spitting, and like you know, you said the framework. <laughs> cool, <laughs> keep it going. This is perfect. Yeah. So um, so so yeah. So so where, where did I leave off before that? I was talking about um, what was the last thing I talked about? We were talking about uh, you said how every single component. Oh yeah, yeah. And oh, oh, oh yeah. So now I remember. So every single every single component matters, right? So it's like obviously you need to know your system up and down. You need to build it with latency in mind, and like basically like the four things. I guess the four things that affect latency the most. Um, it's uh, it's your GPU. So so it's actually been tested, Bob. It was pretty interesting. Um, it turns out that the um three thousand that the thirty ninety and the forty ninety series, because they're using such low gpu overhead they get less input latency overall they actually get latency gain so so now there's a reason to get 3090 for for, for retro <laughs> so just by going from 3060 to 3090 do you know about how much latency you're talking about oh yeah so like i actually have i took a picture of the chart um i will tell you i'll tell you i have a picture of this it's calling it up on my phone i have the exact numbers but it's enough for me to mention mm-hmm. um while you're looking, just shout out to Blurbusters for oh, yeah, shout out to Blur being Busters. awesome and helping yeah, us all of this awesome. and just being a huge part of the community fighting for this stuff. Okay, look, so, so look, so this is a benchmark in Overwatch, okay? So 1060, six gigabyte card, right? It takes 40, so there's, there's latency, there's latency in game. This 1060 has 44.2 milliseconds of, of latency. When you go to a 3090 from a 1060, it cuts by a third to 12.5 milliseconds and a 4090 um, latency is 8.7 milliseconds. That's pretty interesting, wow. actually. Yeah, that, that that's really interesting. Because so so now I realize. Do you happen to have one for thirty sixty? No, so, no, no. Because okay. uh, <laughs> that that was just kind of curious. Because I have a thirty sixty in here because I wanted the newest RTX features, but I don't do crazy gaming, oh, so, so I didn't so, think I needed the thirty ninety. But so if I'm playing the, retro. Maybe that would have been a difference. Yeah. The, oh, oh, yeah. So this is one of the one of the things I want to stress about FGCOS. Actually, the biggest latency gains, and I'm sure your audience will be happy to hear this. Like they work the best on emulators. Nice. By far. I was going to get to that. You know I was going to get to that. Yeah, yeah. By, <laughs> by far. So, so emulation gets the biggest benefit from, from FGCOS because if you think about it, right, you know, like um, obviously, like, you know, our audience, like we all use Mr. Now, you know, Mr. is godlike, et cetera, right? But so, so software emulation, I feel like the reason why there was one of the reasons why there was a big shift towards Mr. is, again, people's people have random PCs and random settings. So it's like when you add an emulator on top of it, you know, the, the emulator overhead, like you have all sorts yeah. of delay that you that you don't even know where it's coming from. Right. right? So, so so basically with these um with all these tweaks, it's like we can save so on my setup, 
actually Blur Busters, yeah, shout out to Blur Busters. He wrote this specifically. So I'm receiving a um a 30 ms latency drop like on emulators with my specific setup, which is 390 hertz FGCOS. That that is exactly what I love to hear. And uh-huh. you know it, that was always such a big argument with me because it it's so easy for. And, you know, I obviously dropped the nerd bomb with love, but it's so easy yeah. for a nerd to say, oh, well, I could build a PC that's just as good as Mr. Yeah. How much time are you spending doing that? Yeah. What happens to your software configuration when you install a, Adobe reinstalls, you know, Photoshop in the background without telling you and now it changes some default Windows settings? Mm. How much did you spend on the hardware to do that? It's like. Yeah, if you take it out of context, sure, software emulation could be could be just as good as Mister. But if you put it in the context of you load up an SD card and you start playing, yeah, it's there, playing. there's no contest. I do love software emulation, though. I always have. My first website in the '90s was about mm. that, and there are things you could do with software emulation that you could never do, even on the current version of the. Mister. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So this is that the perfect medium ground right here. Yeah, yeah, software emulation has its place, and, and you know, as always, as you know, like I'm on retro RGB, so I'm like I'm a real hardware guy first and foremost. I'm not showing my picture of CRTs in the background, but uh, Bob's been to my house. You see all the massive. Art's got a good CRT collection. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, yeah, like, so I just got the XM29 a couple of months ago. So I finally got to see the last part of the Holy Grail. So I've seen the D32, the, um, the NEC XM29. What's the third Holy Grail monitor? Is it, is it the Sony FW900? I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I think that's it. But the, the D24 and the D32 are basically, the the D24 is the same. The only difference is the FW900 could handle more PC resolutions. Yeah. that's yeah, about well, it, though. Yeah, yeah, it's about well. Actually, with the D twenty four and D thirty two, the difference comes down to the scan lines. Mm-hmm. You see how different the scan lines are on a D twenty four compared to a D thirty two. It's different look. It's for anybody that uh, you know. Uh, most people have not seen these in person, but no, they're not, they're I'm not. sure people have seen a fourteen inch CRT and a twenty seven inch CRT, and it's the same thing. It's just you have more lines jammed into a closer space so it's a different uh-huh. one could argue it's better or worse i don't really care it's different though <laughs> so, yep. yeah, yeah yeah for sure but 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 yeah back to mgcos so basically this is just cutting down like a bunch of overhead and the goal behind this is you know so some i grew up playing crt first and foremost so all i'm trying to do is bring the delay back down to crt level so we, we can do this with 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 software tweaks now which is amazing it's, it's basically like you have to tune your hardware so one of the things I've been wanting to ask you, and I was kind of saving it for this because I wanted to, to yeah. ask this question fresh, is yeah, and we'll, we'll bounce back and forth between this, but for people that have gamed on CRTs and they understand what we're talking about with the latency, when you start doing things like you run it on a PC, which means you have a lot, of, lot more options than your average game console, uh-huh. and then you run it, you know, a tweaked FGCOS like this one, and now you're running it in 240 hertz, let's just say. How does that feel compared to a CRT? And, you know, you've shown me the demos, but what do you think is a good way or how do you think is a good way to explain the difference to people? Oh, like so, 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 so there's actually, so there's actually like a lot of good video links on this. You can go to Nvidia's site, right? Like you can go to Nvidia's site, just look up any of the videos, like about 500 Hertz monitors. And like, they'll show you the difference. They'll show the same frame and it'll show like a 60 FPS. It'll show sixty. It'll show sixty hertz, one forty four, two forty, and four eighty, and it's pretty easy to see the difference. Like, basically, like a faster monitor draws the frame that much faster, so you have more time to react. Basically, pretty much. But in terms of in in a technical sense, right? So this is how. So so like so this is how it makes it better. 
because like because the OS is um already pre-tweaked. Again, you're not dealing with a lot of the PC overhead that comes with running the operating system. So you get more you get you get more to the bare metal, as say so to speak. So it's not magic, just removing like a lot of the bloat in the way that's actually causing input lag. So I, I guess so. What I'm trying to do is explain. Yeah. The, 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 what I would love to see. All right. So let me back up for a minute. What I would love to see is a demo at an expo somewhere. Maybe we can get yeah. you up to Retro World Expo or something. Yeah. And I want I want there to be a line. Uh, you know, people could queue up, and I want three stations, identical hardware on all three, except machine in FGCOS on all of them too. Let's let's just let's just only talk about refresh rate and tweaks. But the first one I want sixty hertz. Oh, the yes, second sorry. one, I want 240 hertz, 480, whatever you could do, the fastest one you could come up with. And then the third station, I want back to 60 hertz because I don't – when when you first had me do that, we played 60 hertz first. Yeah, I was like, oh, this, yeah. this feels great. It's a great setup. And then you had me play – I think it was 240, and I was just like, wow, this is nice. This like I could absolutely notice a difference. But the much, much bigger difference was when I went – back to 60 and you were like try it on 60 again try it yeah. and that for me i was that was the bigger difference look at my screen look at my screen i have yeah. the um i have the nvidia smoothing tracking so like so you can see right here and now basically 144 hertz is the standard so you can yeah. see on a 500 hertz monitor you can see the speed difference right there that's actually oh, real yeah absolutely yeah it's actually well real. you obviously can't see individual frames yeah you the can't. way your brain processes data you, you can see this keyframe faster exactly yep so you it's and I think one of the ways that, you know, it says minimize ghosting effects. I think that's kind of one of the reasons why having a faster LCD is going to be necessary to compete with CRT latency. Because yeah, yeah, even you, if you use, a you know, high-speed cameras and digital sensors to measure, yes, you could get LCD panels that are one and a half milliseconds of latency. But it doesn't feel that way because of motion blur and because yeah, of exactly. black levels. Co so you need the faster refresh rate to compensate for that. So yeah, this is that that's a good demo for anybody listening audio only. It's you know, the the faster the uh, refresh rate, the less the blur. Go to Blur blo uh, Blurbusters and check out uh, their demo for that. It's the yeah, alien it's spaceship thing. That's that is the go-to absolutely to demo this stuff and to see the differences yeah, yeah actually so basically what i'm saying is you basically need like a here's where we're at now like a refresh rate rise so basically you need a 500 hertz monitor like when you get to around to that level you actually have like crt level latency right mm -hmm. you, you actually match it but the look isn't there that's why blur Busters always says you know once we get to a thousand hertz that, then we're going to see the um we're going to see the input latency we're going to see not only the input latency but the look of crt match so we're still a little bit away from that I think they're up to a 700 hertz monitor now, so we're, we're getting close, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> we're actually getting really close. And uh, you know, I, I was—I think when it comes down to the the really nerdy details, which I'm—I don't think I'm smart enough to get to get into this, but mm -hmm. resolution to refresh rate does matter. So oh, yeah, a yeah, yeah. 1440p yeah. monitor at 500 hertz might actually be perceived the same as a 4K monitor at a thousand hertz or something like that yeah so, so, so like so 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 it comes down it comes down to bandwidth limitations right now so the, the way things are set up the way things are set up right now right now hdmi 2.1 is a standard right so i think the bandwidth limitations for that is it comes on the bandwidth limitations so i think hdmi 2.1 is you can do 4k 240 hertz right now which is pretty good mm -hmm. so displayport 1.4 which is what i'm using like for my current setup right 
is um is actually has 390 hertz as the, the limit three, like 390 to 400 hertz so i think that the monitors are coming out they're either display port 2.0 or hdmi 2.1 monitors because of bandwidth so with um with hdmi 2.1 monitors like the spec actually has 1080p um 500 hertz that's that actually that's actually cool. in the standard so it makes sense why the monitors are coming out now because now there's hdmi they're using the bandwidth limitation of the hdmi 2.1 a lot that, of monitors that are the faster refresh rate, that yeah. are the more affordable ones, only support it over DisplayPort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so the one you sold me, the Z's work, the one that sent me down this rabbit hole, it was a dual display. It was a dual DisplayPort 480 hertz monitor, but because of bandwidth limitations, it's DisplayPort 1.2. I can only get 540p at 480 hertz. So, I'd actually upgrade to this panel just because that's 1080p. <laughs> You know, I still feel a little bit bad about that. I contacted Zs. Here's the short version for anybody. I contacted Zs and was like, "Hey, I think we need this for retro." And he's like, "It's not designed for retro. It's probably not going to work." It's like, great well, for it's so great. I'm, I'm going to buy it. one and try to make it work. And then I spent a year complaining to him about how it didn't work for retro. And he he was basically like, "No shit, yeah, no shit." It's the first thing I told you. So I was like, "All right, Art, why don't you use <laughs> you it really for PCs?" You really expect, but the thing is, though, even though it wasn't meant for retro, that one capture you got of um of uh, super turbo was ridiculous because it, yeah. it shows the benefits it, it like when you play that monitor in 40 hertz mode you really see the benefits of it for retro oh absolutely yeah so, yeah i ended up that you know now now that monitors with art and he's using it for the correct way that it was supposed to be designed uh, yeah that's that it is yeah but, 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 but like i said like you know i didn't originally think to use it for emulators but like i said when i use it on emulators i get a big gain like um so the RP or the RPCX3 emulator has made like a lot of progress recently. And hmm. as we know, PlayStation, because of the polling rate of the controllers and the fact that VSync is on, on PlayStation 3, it's inherently like a laggy console. So using a tweaked Windows OS with an emulator, assuming controller overhead, right? You know, you have a tweaked OS, it actually mitigates that. So it's actually a pretty good experience. I was very surprised. So could you explain could you explain your interpretation of why VSync slows things down? Because I've oh, heard okay. it explained a few different ways, and it's hard to it's hard to get through to people sometimes. Okay, so 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 like uh, I hope my explanation makes sense. I'm a little bit nervous because you've had the ask me a lot of people <laughs> this. All right, so I'll try to explain it. So so the way so the way VSync works is um it draws so you're playing a 60 frame per second game. Each frame, follow me here, 16.6 milliseconds. When you have VSync on it draws that 16.6 milliseconds at the very end of the frame. At the very end of the frame, rather than the, rather than the first part of the 16.6, it draws it like at the last part, which is like 15 or whatever. For the purpose of making sure so that's of smooth. what? Uh, that's so, smooth, so, so, like, so, there's so, no like, jutter going between? So, so, like, so when you're playing on 60 hertz and V-Sync is off, your monitor is spitting the frames as fast as the display can allow it. So like that's why there's tiering. That's why you get the visual tier. Okay, so for people that are that don't really play on PCs but they're into retro scalers, it's basically like adding a frame buffer. <laughs> yeah, basically. So it's, right. frame buffer. Yeah, it's basically oh. basically. So when you remove the frame buffer, so in sixty hertz you get a visual tier, but as you go up in in refresh rates from sixty to one forty four to two forty, because the monitor is refreshing so much faster, that visual tier becomes gone. So, well, but isn't it also with uh, with um, FreeSync yeah, and free all sync, that other yeah. stuff? Doesn't that completely eliminate the need for this because the monitor will just refresh yeah. at the rate that at, at whatever it's being sent? Yeah, so, reason, yeah, 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 so, so G-Sync and FreeSync, it basically gives you the benefits of having V-Sync on with the benefits of high refresh monitors. So it's the best of both worlds. 
Right. So you don't yeah. need that buffering because buffer. it just dynamically adjusts yeah. to whatever frames yeah, yeah. frame rate it's being sent. Yeah, so so, you, don't, so, you don't have the video juttering in front exactly. of you, but so, you so, also yeah, don't need yeah, exactly. the buffer to get that. Exactly. So, so like, so like, so I find in fighting games, like I've tried to play with free sync on and just raw refresh rate. So I find because I'm at such a high Hertz because I'm, I'm playing on my 390 Hertz monitor right now because I'm playing at such a high Hertz. I, I don't get like that judder. But then when I turn on FreeSync, it's very smooth, and I still get pretty good latency. So I can't tell which one is better right now. They're both really good options. They're both really good options, to say the least. So um, let's talk hardware now. So yeah. I'm not talking about the latest, craziest games. We're not getting into the stuff that digital no, no, boundary reviews. I'm talking about people who are into fighting games. It's something that, you know, I don't even think I realized how... No spec. How low, when I say low spec, I'm gonna say that in quotes, right? Because I'm not talking about running it on your cell phone, but like how low of a spec machine you really need in order to have a good low latency experience. So, like, what do you think is the hardware out there now? You know, we've already said, you know, the the faster video cards are lower latency. So, of course, if you can afford a 4090, fine. But mm -hmm. you know, let's say you got a 3060, right? And what else would you need? Would you need an i7 processor? Would you need, uh, you know, an i3, i5, the AMD? Yeah, like, yeah so, so again, like there's four things that benefit latency. One is GPU, two is CPU, three is um your OS, and uh, fourth is, is like your RAM. So, uh, so, so, so what, was, what was the question again? So like the lowest common denominator, I was looking at my, I had like a chart of like some of the cheapest GPUs mm -hmm. in the uh, 100 to uh, $300 range that I was trying to call up. But, um, Basically, like uh, I think, I think you can build a machine for as low as maybe to get all to, to get all settings. Like, like what, what do you think? Like two two forty hertz ten eighty p. Like uh, I'll shoot I'll shoot for that bar. Well, you know what? Let's let's pause this for a second. What's the the slowest you know in quotes monitor yeah. people could get to really see the hertz. difference? One forty four. Yeah, because yeah, like so the biggest latency jumps are from sixty to one forty four, okay. and from one forty to four eighty hertz. So 480 is still going to be out of most people's price ranges. Yeah, yeah. So well, let's just say one forty four hertz monitor, which are not expensive. By the not way, not expensive at all. It's it's like one one twenty now. Yeah, it is so cheap. So you have a you go out and get, or you have a one forty one forty one forty four hertz monitor. Um, what are the specs to support that? that you're talking about you know price range not you including the monitor, oh, yeah. just the pc itself you can do that yeah, yeah i think you can do that with like a, a gtx um 1070 ti you, you, you wow. get 144 you can get 144 um 1080p for fighting it huh yeah which so is uh, which you're is definitely pretty... talking under a thousand bucks then for the pc build exactly exactly you're probably uh, talking uh, under a thousand bucks including the 144 hertz monitor so, so like so, so not, not including the 144 hertz monitor i think a price range of of 500 to 600 is fair wow mm. wow that, i mean that's that's huge right mm, yeah that's huge yeah huh. so, so if you actually want a game on a budget it, it's quite possible and again it's fighting games it, it's not it's not like you're not playing the triple a title <laughs> So, right. so 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 again so with fighting games so one of the reasons why they're so demanding like let's take like like one of the anime fighting games for example for example guilty gear guilty gear is a game where it does not have a lot going on in the background so you're just seeing the two characters go back and forth so how much gpu utilization really is that <laughs> except yeah. for games like tekken you know you know tekken obviously takes a little bit more when you say a little bit more i mean are you talking you know that has twice the power or yeah yeah uh, so, so so i would say maybe like one third more the power because you know that game has a lot of a lot going on in the background 
<laughs> you know, it, it's still interesting, though, because if you put it into perspective, right, somebody who does not have a game console or has one that they know they you know need to upgrade, right, uh, they're still on PS4 or something like that. But yeah. they also need a computer. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. You can buy an Intel i5 for pretty cheap these days. You can get them for like one yeah. one thirty, and like that'll be good for latency. Well, I think a lot of people might still have the mentality of, oh, I can get, I can get greatest. a decent PC and a you know PlayStation Five for less than it would cost for a, a fighting game PC, and that's just not the truth at yeah, all. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely not the truth. So I, I have the chart now. So I'm looking okay. at GPU options in the one hundred to two hundred dollar range. So the lowest that I would recommend is a 1660 super and that's around 180 to 220 dollars like yeah yeah, it's about that's that's pretty cheap right on the high end of it the 300 dollar ones so for a 300 dollar one you can get a 3050 at 270 to 300 or an intel arc wow (laughs) yeah the the, yeah intel arc is actually 290 to 300 dollars i didn't realize that i thought they were more Huh. No, no, it's not, and and they have great AV one encoding. So, yeah. To be honest, yeah. the only the only experience I have with uh, with that is Epos's videos, Epos socks. So yeah, like, <laughs> I've never actually he, tried he, one myself. Yeah, he did a rev- so so recently. Obviously, with the Intel Arcs, you know, those are newer. So I heard the last couple of drivers have been really good. So I'm thinking about getting one now because I wasn't worried about it for the encoding performance. I was just worried about the 1080p performance for gaming. But but now with these new drivers, like yeah, I might check it out again. So so, so anyway, basically, what I'm saying is, there's a lot of options. There's so many options to get hardware that runs high refresh for not for not a lot of money like that's the big that's the dirty secret it's just the problem is again like you're dealing with tinkering so you have to do optimization but you can make the most out of that hardware so fgcos is that something that's is it public beta yet or is it something you're still just testing behind so, the so, scenes? so so like so so here's the roadmap for it right so obviously you know she's been doing like a lot of move to pc so right now the roadmap is so First off, I'm giving it to top players because I've already explained to this channel the technical details of how it's going to work, but I need top player feedback, right? So I need to send this to top players to have them use it in their training environments, you know, use it for, for net play, stuff like that, like, you know, and see the feedback. And also, I need to give it to certain tournament organizers. I'm going to start doing this at Arcade Brooklyn. I'm going to have all the PCs install FGCOS and start running tournaments that way and then, you know, see how the workflow goes. But, um, yeah, like that's a, that's the plan. That's the plan for it right now. You know, I do plan to give it away at some point, but I want to get the tweaks to a, to a working state enough where you don't have to do too much tweaking. So like, so currently I'm in the alpha stage. So I'm doing a lot, like a lot of tweaking. You know, installing it on different setups, stuff like that. So I'm doing like a lot of debugging right now. So it's gonna take a couple of months. But it's gonna take a couple of months. The alpha stage because public facing. You're right, but like yeah. you've already done. You've got years into this. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's funny to hear you call it alpha, but from from a public standpoint, yeah, you're right. It's, it's still an alpha. You know, mm-hmm. you, when you just mentioned that, something just kind of hit me. Right, I've been discussing PC setup and alternate hard drives from the point of view of a person at home who wants to use their computer to do multiple things. Exactly. But you just mentioned Arcade Brooklyn, which is obviously one of my favorite spots, but. They don't use those PCs for other stuff. They use those PCs for tournaments, for gaming. Yeah, for they, tournaments they, 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 they for, gaming yeah. tournament. So taking the time to to just you know set the you know reset Windows back to zero, install FGCOS, do a backup, you know Clonezilla backup, you know put a, a label, you know PC number four, you know, and then you save the PC Clonezilla backup as PC number four, you know, mm-hmm. you know yeah. March twenty twenty three or whatever else, and that actually would benefit them. Because unlike unlike me, who would use my PC for multiple uses and then would want to go back to having my fully loaded PC, th- like that's less crap that they would have to deal with. And if they ever have any issues, restore from the backup, which 
it's like four minutes, by the way. If you know how to, yeah. if you just got your boot from USB stick, you have the image on yeah, it. It's so fast. It's yeah. so fast, actually. Because remember, like, you're removing the bloat, so you're not backing up a 60 gigabyte image. You're backing up a seven gigabyte image at so. most. Yeah, at most. <laughs> yeah, it's actually way smaller than seven gigs. <laughs> That's funny. So while I was talking at the beginning of this from the point of view of a multi multi use, people who only buy these computers to run these tournaments on, yeah, and for gaming, this is. This is actually going to be a help to that workflow, not a hindrance. Yeah, yeah, because because like I said, so so obviously your PC is the best platform for latency. But like with these developers, I guess what Windows has taken in mind is you know just like simple things like hot swapping of controllers. Sometimes these controllers don't have driver support, which is why we use the Brooks, right? And um, yeah, there's all these quality of life things that make it difficult to have a plug and play experience. So so basically the whole goal of FTCOS, besides lowering the input latency is having a standardization on settings and getting Windows to a state where it's a plug-and-play system for tournaments. Huh. So it's kind of like big picture, but like more ghetto. <laughs> no, I, I think it's exactly big picture, yeah. but uh, this is really interesting. You know, I definitely, you know, I, I'm not sure. My, my time's kind of limited, but I want to make time to test this out. So I could yeah. be one of your alpha testers just privately. And I, I could also bring a different perspective because I... I'm not good at playing video games at all. Yeah, but, but you're, I'm you're, really you're, fucking you're, good at being a nerd, so I can, dude, I can like, come from there. Your, your test is so important. You're really good at detecting lag, though. You don't have to be yeah. good at the games. You're really good at detecting lag. Yeah, well, that's well, uh, one of my biggest pet peeves, right? When I play against you in video games and I lose because you're a better player than me, that's it's fine. awesome. I love it. I love playing. I love having fun. But when I lose because, you know, a laggy adapter or HDMI adapter, a stupid pound cable, or my my uh, arcade stick, the buttons are old. Like that enrages me because it's not like you got to spend a million dollars to have a setup oh, yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah. suck. Uh, so uh, that's the yeah. type of stuff that really bugs me. I want to lose because I'm playing somebody who's a better player than me, not because I Actually, wasn't yeah. smart enough to figure out to spend the same exact amount of money and just buy the right hardware. So. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, of course, and that's for sure. And when they have a fully tweaked machine, I want to keep it in perspective. So, you know, I also, I also already mentioned the CPU, the, the, the OS, you know, ha- having like a fully, having a fully tweaked computer, not only that, but even the controller PCB use is very important. The overclocking state of it or not, because when you feel the sum of all of these tweaks, it's like, so So one of the things like in video games, when you're on a bad polling rate and you're on like a, a shitty USB device, you'll try to double tap. You, you yeah. double tap because like your inputs don't come out on time and you're thinking like, oh man, like, you know, I pressed that button, but it didn't come out. But that's why. Like yeah. when you have like a bad polling rate, it's like you're forced to double tap. So when you play on a clean PC setup, you no longer have to double tap. You don't have, you're not going to have fat fingers. If you have fat fingers, it's going to mess up your execution because you're going to end up pressing multiple buttons by accident and everything comes out. So yeah. in your testing of PCs, when you have an unoptimized setup, is the latency variable or consistent? So, so, so here's the thing. So, so PC is never consistent. You have to have the settings tweak. So you need to have same setup, same hardware configuration, same GPU drivers, everything. Mm-hmm. So like that, that, that's the problem with PC right now. Like you get latency benefits, but there's no standard. So, you know, this is one of the things that uh, – I've been I've been kind of trying to teach people, and I guess the best example is the RetroTINK 5X. If you yeah, have it in the delay. full yeah, compatibility mode, you have mm-hmm. up to a frame of lag, and it varies between zero and one. And people very rightfully, not trolling, very rightfully have asked, "Hey, I thought you said variable latency is the worst. Why are you okay with this?" Compatibility, obviously. <laughs> well, no, it's because when you're talking about the maximum being 
one and the minimum being zero and only a variable of one frame, most people couldn't notice that. But they if can't. you're talking about a variable of zero to four, that's huge. Like try, just try timing your jumps in original Super Mario Brothers in the later levels. You don't need to be a pro gamer. You don't need to be a competitor. You just try playing a yeah. game in the later levels. And then you get shit like the pound cables where it's three to seven frames. Yeah, you know, exactly. I, I, when people say, oh, well, I beat the game with that. So it's going to have no latency. No, you're probably a really good gamer and you just didn't know it because you're playing on shit hardware. <laughs> Try yeah, getting exactly. on a good rig and then maybe exactly. you'd want to compete after that. So yeah, it's, you know, when yeah. you're talking about, you know, some of the numbers that you were saying before about yeah, zero to one, that feel. much, you know, that's, that's a huge difference. When yeah, you're on PC. yeah. Yeah. Like, so I think on FTC OS and again, depending on hardware, cause you know, it depends on what hardware you have. Like I would say FTC OS would save anywhere to about two to four frames compared to your unoptimized setup. Depending that's, on settings, yeah. That's so that, that, that's actually huge. That's actually huge. And you know, obviously, depends on your equipment. Like, obviously, you have a 500 hertz monitor, you're going to see more gain than having a 144 hertz, and so on. That's why it's a variable number. Yeah, this is yeah. exciting stuff. It's it, it's it's so exciting, Bob. Like, and you know, and like, I'm so happy that like we, we we finally have latency to a playable state. You know, in the modern era, and it affects retro games as well as modern. Yeah, you know, yeah. you mentioned broke before, so um, I um. Let me just look up on the Mr. Add-ons latency sheet here. If anybody You're doesn't know what I'm 10. talking about, just 10. go to MrAddons.com and click on the input latency sheet. Search by Brook. Their wired controllers are averaging under one millisecond of latency, except the zero pi fighting board. That's oh, oh yeah, 1. so seven. So, so it's also important to it's also important to note that the Mr. Add-ons chart it only assumes one thousand hertz polling. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually asked them. I actually asked them. Like, uh, what, what was up with that? If it assumes 1,000 hertz, and he says, yeah, the chart assumes 1,000 hertz polling only. So, so like, so in 1,000 hertz mode, it's that good, yes. Well, how, what's the fastest speed you can get on a PC now? So, you, you can do 8,000 hertz. So, it's interesting. Look up the DualSense, look up the DualSense 5. So, DualSense 5 is the 8,000 hertz PCB. Look up the DualSense 5 there. So, so, so basically, DualSense 5 is the lag, is the least laggy first party controller. It's pretty oh, good, actually. Okay. Look at their numbers for DualSense 5. Yeah, um, it's 1.8, 1.6. That's pretty good. Uh, it's not, it's not searching right on the mystery sheet. I don't know why it's not liking that, but I'm gonna look at right now. But, but yeah, it, it's about 1.6 to 1.8. It's the PS5 controller, right? Yeah, yeah, it's dual set, it's called dual sense 5. I'm right, not so. sure why it's not coming up. Sorry, everybody, I'll be quick with this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's under Sony. It's probably just under Sony. That's why. All right. DualSense 5 wired USB. It's 1.8 milliseconds. Yeah, so you add a thousand. That, um, that's and, at a thousand hertz polling. So so obviously on PC, you can over. That's one of the few 8,000 hertz piece, um, PCBs. So keyboards and mice, they have 8,000 hertz polling. But there hasn't really been. um there, there aren't too many devices that do that yet, except for the DualSense 5. DualSense 5 is actually an 8K hertz PCB. So I give Sony props on that controller. That is pretty cool. You know, I was just, I was so interested because Brooks boards ha have always performed well for us. Yeah, but Brook is 0 0.7. So you're getting like a half frame advantage on the Brook. The rep that I talked to, when I started asking them what their measurement numbers were, they were like, we don't know. 
like, you have to know. You have some of the fastest boards out there. And they're like, well, you want to teach us? I'm like, you want to fucking pay me? Like, <laughs> you're a big company. Are you serious? You know, you want me to just no. I don't know so, what they, so, so I, I don't know what they have in their components that make it such a low lag. But I found with almost all of their adapters, everything. It's like so. Here's the thing. So now I'm getting to a point where players have placebo. Where it's like, it's a, it's a weird dichotomy we're in because now you would think that we want like zero lag everything, but then when the players get there, they're, they're like, oh, oh man, like is the adapter gonna add any input lag or what do I do when it's not lagging? <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. They don't know what no lag was like, Bob. They they don't play retro games, so like they they actually didn't know. I loved that video that was posted on social media when you were after one tournament, you brought a bunch of people back to you, your setup. And they're like, it's too fast. Arturo's setup's too fast. I can't do it. I can't do anything, right? But, but, but yeah, but yeah, but uh, basically, like, so, and another thing that's good for us retro gamers is when you play on a setup like this, it's like you feel like for a second, because there's no lag, you're like, wait, I'm not too old. The game just got laggier. Well, it's funny too because a lot so of funny. younger people have contacted me, people in their early twenties and stuff, and I'm like, I'm always kind of wondering, like, how did you get into this? How did you even know it? Because, like, you know, I, I I've always been the person that likes everything, right? You know, yeah. I love the the album that came out yesterday, but I also love albums from before I was born. I don't give a shit if I like the music, I like the music, and I assumed it was the same way with video games, which is true, but there are a lot of people who start playing games and they start getting really good at them. And they start asking the question, like, how come I'm better on my friend's setup than mine? And then it's okay. Well, TVs have input latency. Let's see what, you know, maybe my friend has a better TV than me. And they start going down the rabbit hole and they discover retro and CRTs because of latency. And then they play, you know, old school street fighter on on a, a CRT. And they're like, Every time I do these moves, it's the same. Whereas on the modern console, on a laggy TV and a wireless controller, every time I do the moves, it's one out of five. I'll, you know, it'll. it'll so that's that's exactly. why a lot of older or, or younger people have started into the older games. So it's yeah. kind of funny that how backwards the video game world went for such a long time, and now we're finally starting to catch back up. Yeah, they prioritize graphics too much because they're because like I, I blame PlayStation One, even though PlayStation One's an amazing system, right? Like it, it did go away from the sprite-based games that we're all used to from the arcade era. So, so like, so obviously, start experimenting with 3D latency is going to go up, right? And and, yeah. and and here we are, here we are now. But now we're back, baby. We're back. <laughs> we're, we're actually back to the old days. But also, it's interesting what you say about emulation. So, I mean, if you think about it, the people that are in their twenties, you know, emulation has been around, you know, only for like twenty years. Video game emulation, you know, like you think about it, like twenty twenty five. Um, you know, my website was back in the mid nineties, and you certainly yeah, so couldn't saying, get a one to one thing, a one to one. But just the emulation actually right. being a thing. Just the emulation I actually being a thing. I would say original Xbox was probably the first time people could really just jump in and play those older games and have a really, really good experience. Exactly, exactly. Without extra tweaking or a very expensive PC or something like that. So, yeah, 20 years, I think, is probably a good number. Yeah, so, so now it's so to the point where, like, you know, these kids, they, they've, they've grown up on these emulators, and they're like, yo, how did I drop the lag, maybe? You know, because like, yeah. they haven't played on real hardware yet. So, like... <laughs> Yeah, that, I think so. It's so like I found with a lot of these kids, like um, a lot of these people at tournaments that play retro fighting titles are actually in their twenties. So they've never played real hardware. So like, so one time I had a Samurai Showdown Five Special Tournament that where I brought my original Neo Geo and I brought a flashcard to play on it. Right. So so they're sitting there playing, and because they played the console port, they're used to three punch macros. So like, <laughs> but for them, it's a little bit of a different experience. That's <laughs> you funny. Know? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. 
but 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 no, like I mean that that's the world we're in now, Bao. Like um, it's gotten to a point where we're like obviously you know three D. 3D was a priority, you know, like input latency was not, but now we've been able to dial it back to to a point where I feel pretty good, like about the current state of hardware at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Like especially, and now scale is starting to take advantage of it, you know. So it's just some really exciting times ahead. It's really hard talking about this stuff publicly because yeah, you can't say so. Our, our intention is to be the best fucking nerds we possibly can. Yeah. That's our intention. That's it. Period. However, we inadvertently step on people's pocketbooks when we do that. Yeah, exactly. So we talk about, and I, I never in a million years would have guessed that I would get death threats and hate mail for telling people that the SCART to HDMI adapter that was designed for DVD players and VHS players is not yeah, good for gaming. Yeah. Like I, I never would have understood that, but you, you're challenging people's budgets and their intelligence because somebody thinks that, oh, I figured out how to connect an old console to a new TV. I'm great. I'm going to tell everybody. And then I come along and I publish, you know, just basic numbers telling them how bad it is. And it's, oh, who the fuck do you think you are? Fuck you. You're not better than me. Well, I didn't think I was before, but kind of do now because you're wrong. And it's it's yeah. kind of it's funny to see this, and it's funny yeah, to no. see the people that get upset about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. So, so like in that perspective, you know, I have the unique, I have the unique benefit. Not everybody has this privilege of actually understanding latency and also being a top player in these games. So, obviously, when yeah. I'm playing the game, like at you a high just level, want a tournament again. Yeah, I want a tournament again on FTCOS, right? Yeah. So obviously, if I'm playing the game at a high level, you know, if I see any lag, I'm gonna feel it right away. Like, I'm literally going to feel it, like, right away. Like, any frame drop, anything. <laughs> you know, that was one of the most interesting things when, when I started to get really nerdy with you and with tech and with Beast. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, you know, Beast's been on the channel before. I just, it's been hard to nail tech down. <laughs> I'll get him one of these days. I got exactly. to hang out with him the other day. But he's, you know, top Chun-Li players for uh, for Street Super Fighter. Yep. Like, top, probably top 10 in the world. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's being conservative. Really so talking to him and you about latency... And, you know, both of you have very in-depth knowledge of how these things work. It confirms what I've been finding, even though I'm a shit player at all games. And it, it was really awesome to hear you, to hear all of you talk about these things, because I kind of had an, a sense of what I was talking about. But I yeah, really wanted to make sure that I had players that were top level to, to help figure out if i'm on the right path and it turns out all of us separately have been finding the exact same thing. yeah 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 so, so 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 it's true so that's why i've been giving fgcos to the top players because because obviously they're not computer savvy but when i hear them like talk about the game then like it makes total sense like they, they talk things like about you know being being able to see keyframes faster being able to defend better being able to move faster just yeah. simple things like on a controller you're walking and blocking that's huge that's huge on a low latency setup yeah. Just the fact that you can walk and block, like you feel like that instant response. So like it changes everything. It actually changes everything. And when, when we're talking about stuff like this and we're talking in the context of tournament organizers, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I will absolutely boldly speak for myself when I say uh -huh. I'm almost never telling anybody you're wrong, your equipment shit. I'm almost always just simply saying, hey, you probably already have all of the same equipment that you need. You just need to make sure that certain things are set right. Check your cables sometimes. You know, all HDMI cables yeah. look the same. If you bought an HDMI yeah, exactly. cable 15 years ago, you might actually be having issues with 1440p stuff. 
Yeah. And the only people that I make fun of, which, you know, anybody that's seen my live streams know that I make mistakes all the time. Yeah, we do make mistakes all the time on stream. <laughs> yeah. However, if you're running a tournament and you have a PC with a decent graphics card and you have a bunch of 144 hertz monitors and some are set to 144 hertz and some are set to 60, you're kind of an asshole. <laughs> So yeah. it's so, not so, so, so it's like zero money. So, zero. So, 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 so here's the thing. So like, I'm actually going to put the heat off them for a moment so I can say, cause I've experienced this with the same problem you're describing. This is all due to windows settings. It's like windows is not meant to be used in these types of environments. I don't think they considered this in mind because yeah. now like, again, like something as simple as again, you're playing on a laptop, you close and open it. It's now it's cloned 60 Hertz. Right. I want to make sure that I'm clear yeah. about that. That yeah, example exactly. that you just gave is not what I'm talking about. You yeah, know, no, somebody, somebody takes the time to make sure that all these PCs are perfect. And by the end of the tournament, you know, a thousand controllers are being plugged in, a laptop's closed and open. That's not what I mean. That's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. That's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. I just mean the people that have that pompous exactly. attitude of like, Screw you! I I run tournaments and I know what I'm doing, and it's like, eh, do, do you though? Uh, yeah, 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 no, yeah, no, you don't. So I can say, so I can say this because I did. So now I can talk to you. Now I've done like an all fighting game major, so I can talk to you like the pitfalls I ran into running a tournament. So, so like, so when I say run the tournament, I didn't actually run the tournament, but I did configure the computers with a couple of guys' help. So, so and I think we had like I think the event had like about like 700 to a thousand entrants across all the titles. So nice. it was a good use case. It, it was a pretty good use case. So, so anyway, so, so what I found is the biggest thing, I, like I, I was running around, you know, I was running around making sure I basically taught my optimization. It's like about six tournament techs on the floor. So we had like about six, seven techs and they were all running around debugging any issues. They knew how to solve common issues. Like for example, oh, I plug in my controller to a Brooks adapter and like, it doesn't work. What do I do to, to power cycle it? Stuff like that. Right. So these are all things that actually save time in the tournament because again, the whole goal of this is to not exit the game and restart or not have to change any of the monitor settings. So I was always running around making sure that they were doing their job and making sure the monitors are all in 144 Hertz mode. And like for the most part, like, it was an experiment, but for the most part, the amount of text I taught it to, which is about six to seven, they did an amazing job of making sure all the settings were standardized. So it, it was great. I wish you could have been there, Bob. It was great. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. And the, you know, the, 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 the only hiccup I had, the only hiccup I had actually was so during Street Fighter Top Eight, like the time where everybody's watching, somebody in the back kicks a cable and the game gets interrupted, but it wasn't due to the OS. So I was happy. We figured right. out that like it was actually a production issue by totally by accident, by the way. So so in the end, all the PC haters that were waiting for the thing to crash mid screen or show like a Windows blue screen mid screen, it didn't happen. So I'm happy. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah. You know, I, I, my jokes aside, right? <laughs> what you just said about like you did six or seven texts, you showed how to do this and they got into it. They did a good job. That's most people in my experience. Mm -hmm. Like I'll make jokes and I'll say shit like that. But most of the people that I've talked to that are into this stuff, they, they want to know more. It's just, unfortunately, it's like everything else on social media. The loudest voices are not yeah. the majority. They're yeah, just exactly. the loudest. And everybody, uh, oftentimes yeah. people just assume they are, but so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm only throwing shade at, at those Korolikian yeah. morons that think that they know how to do <laughs> How to run something. Yeah, yeah, 90% exactly. of the people out there are doing a phenomenal job and they're trying their best. And I think that they're appreciative of the knowledge that we all try to put out there to make it easier on them. So oh, yeah. For, oh, yeah, for sure. I think you made like a great tech at these tournaments, Bob, because you're pretty good at remembering the settings. Oh, yeah. I actually, actually remember the settings. <laughs> well, well, thing, I think the best way to describe this for the retro RGB audience is like th think think of what I'm doing as dialing in optimized OSSC timings. Mm hmm. 
that's the best way to describe it. Like, cause like, like you know, obviously there's a big difference between a generic image and like um a Firebrand X um OSSC like you know optimized timings. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. the The only thing that I will say that I'll, I'll disagree about is that it is that big of a difference in you know as a comparison. However, if you run your OSSC in generic mode, you still have a low latency, awesome that's true, experience. That's true. Whereas that's if true. you just load up Windows. You know, install all the basics and play. That's a massive difference in your gaming experience. Oh yeah, that's true. That, that's true. We do have to give props to OSSC because I, I keep forgetting, and Bob brought it up. The OSSC is a zero lag scaler, so yeah. <laughs> that's but, but if you're comparing the biggest difference between taking something that's already good and making yeah. it that much more optimized, yeah, that's a perfect analogy. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like it's already something good already, and like I said, you can buy all the hardware, get it in a good place, but you do have to tune everything to get to a specific point, and like. It's it's more so like the FTC OS, not really like an OS, as you can see. It's a bunch of tweaks. And basically, like, I'm trying to get a discussion talked about with standards because I feel like in the future, like, we need to come to a standard on delay. So the way things are right now. That's a great so, point. Yeah, so, so the way things are right now is because I have an optimized setup, I'm actually so, – so when I'm playing somebody on Netplay, assuming there's no delay on the Netplay itself, I actually have a frame advantage. Because, you know, everything is drawing faster in my setup, you know, compared to the person I'm playing, right? So I actually have, like, an, an inherent hardware advantage. So it's going to get to a point where people will have to be optimized. Be- because uh, yeah. especially if that play becomes – that play tournaments are becoming more prevalent as the years pass because the latency is dropping. So it's getting to a good point now. We're going to see, like, a lot more net play tournaments, and then it's going to come down to how well your OS is tweaked. It, you know, it does make sense, right? Because anybody yeah. that's ever been into racing – you can't just go into F1 and then, you know, put a four nitrous tanks in it and press the button towards the end. You know, it's exactly. like there has to be standards. So I could completely understand and, and totally sympathize with somebody, a tournament that says, hey, you know, max refresh rates 240 hertz. You can't have 500 hertz monitors and PCs in this because that would completely skew the results. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What but, is the yeah, minimum? So, yeah, so I can say. Yeah, yeah what exactly. are the minimum the settings? Minimum? But, you know, that said, too, having any standards whatsoever is still better than none exactly so it you know i'm really glad that you're all going down the road of talking about this because i I think it's just you know people are finally starting to realize it's not just how important these tournaments are to people but the money involved in them too yes sponsors doing it right like imagine f1 or imagine any sport at all soccer you know doesn't matter imagine a sport where everything is different every field that you play on the balls that you use are different you know the the shoot like that's not that's impossible there's no way and the money that would be lost you know imagine a soccer team that's got a billion dollars into it you know a global team loses a match because they all you know the other team got to wear better shoes than them and the ball was you know deflated more or something it would never happen you know unless you're tom brady but we won't go there but like (laughs) it's you know so i think having those standards in video games is very important now for tournaments and it's just you know it's exactly like it's exactly like any other sport in that you, yeah, you implement these things and then that trickles down so now everybody wants to start using these same that these same parameters because that's what they practice on because they exactly. want to go under the exact same that they're going to be in under a tournament so, so so like so so with this setup right here so uh, again i'm playing in a net play environment I'm playing on a 400 hertz monitor on, on an already optimized OS, and my entire settings are tweaked, right? So mm-hmm. not, not only does the game – this is a Twitter clips, right? So it's not max quality. But not only is the game playing smooth, 
It's like it's providing a smooth net play experience and I'm landing all my stuff on time in an online environment again. So basically it feels lagless. It feels like I'm playing like right next to them. Like even the anti airs and I'm landing with Sim and Street Fighter, those are like 15 frame anti airs. Those are hard to do on reaction. That's a hard move to actually do on reaction. But like due to the low latency of the setup, you know, the controller settings, the window settings, like I'm effectively removing <laughs> like two to four frames of lag. So everything just comes out faster. It's just a smooth experience. There's no, like, I can show it to you, but you have to actually feel it. It's something that once you yeah. put your controller on it, and I was glad I was able to show Bob, like, um, high refresh Tekken to show him how that worked. Yeah. Listen, if we yeah. can get this thing sponsored, can, like, would you try to mark off the dates for Retro World Expo to do this thing, this demo? Yeah, I'll do it in person. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, yeah, I mean this with all of the love in the world. You and I could talk to her fucking blue in the face. And yeah, unless exactly. somebody sits down and tries it, there's no, there is no amount of words that would replace how you feel. And once again, I need to stress, I suck at video games compared to all of my friends. And I noticed immediately. But once again, going from 60 to, to the higher refresh rate was, was definitely something that I felt. But then going back down to 60, I'll never forget that. So it's yeah. something that I want people to understand. Yeah. And maybe we can try to figure out a way to do it so we have a yeah. CRT set up. Exactly. We do need a CRT sub next to two. Basically what I'm yeah. saying is, I guess the last point I'll make on this is like, you basically need a 400, 500 hertz monitor setup with a perfectly tuned PC to replace 60 hertz CRT. 60 hertz CRT and 60 hertz flat screen are definitely two different Bs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah two different Bs. So, so, like, so with all of this, with my 500 hertz setup, I'm basically... All the way back to CRT timing. That's the best way to describe. It. Maybe that's the setup. Maybe it's maybe it's a, maybe the the carnival ride is a four stop. It's a sixty hertz and all all the exact same equipment. Maybe we'll even use the same PC and throw a switch. I don't know. We'll figure it out to make it fair. But either way, station number one, sixty hertz PC. Station number two, high refresh rate PC. Station number three, sixty hertz PC CRT. on a CRT. Oh yeah. And then station number four, back to a 60 hertz flat panel PC <laughs> thing. I, I feel like I feel Dual like field. that would be the ultimate. Like, this is why you people are so into fucking CRTs, isn't it? I get it now. Like, I feel like that would really change a lot of people's minds on both high refresh rate flat panels and CRTs. Uh, yeah, again. And like, you know, like a lot of this stuff was, again, it's because I'm such a CRT head. Like, I'm so thirsty for that CRT level delay. Like, I, like I wanted it so bad, like on flat screen. Yeah, I, I, I mean, so, so me, me personally, even though like I play retro, I do play modern too. So I'm willing to make the compromises on um on the look of CRT if the delay is there. But that being said, you know, I have a 14L5 um literally like right next to me. So yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna CRT is any anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, no, we we get it. Yeah. But I mean, you know, to your point, many many years ago, as much as you love this stuff. Try carrying two 20-inch BVMs to tournaments versus two 144 hertz flat panels. Tell yeah. me how your arms feel at the end of three tournaments for both of those, and you know you'll you'll be bending over backwards trying to get flat panels working. So actually, <laughs> actually, what's on my mixer? What's what's um house in my mixer mixer on top is my 20 G1U. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, <laughs> love that one. Oh man, but 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 yeah, but yeah, Bob, that's pretty much it. You know, thanks for um taking the time to ask me about fgcos i hope i did answer a lot of technical questions because again like i had one player review a perfect legend um and his review was by feel it wasn't like a technical breakdown it was like about how it affects like his gameplay 
that's, I'll be able to tell yeah. you some of the technical details actually of how like I, of how I imagine it working and how it's not like in a releasable state yet. But it seems to me like a lot of people are asking questions about it, and the feedback I'm getting from top players is very good. So like so like I hope the set like I hope the top players do like it, and that we can basically spread the good word of low latency more, you know, across all the platforms, really. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm so happy to do this. And I, I think I'll title this like, you know, public reveal FGCOS or something just to, I'll, I'll find a creative title to try to let people know. Like, yeah, I don't even have, have a graphic thing. for it yet. Yeah. I don't even have a graphic for it yet. It, it's literally just been me talking. But um, well, yeah. you know, Mason's going to be doing the thumbnail for this. So maybe he'll have some ideas. That's, <laughs> that is amazing. I wouldn't, that's, I've, I've said this so many times. Mason's not paying me to say this or anything, but you could always tell which thumbnails I make, and which ones Mason makes, because he's, or his are the only ones that actually look good. So I'm sure he'd come up with a fun logo for you or something. Uh, oh, oh yeah, and then um, and then you know, reading through Perfect Legends review here, this will give you, so this will give you an idea of what he's talking about, like uh, gameplay wise, right? So okay, uh, so so, he, so he's talking about it. so so look, so this is from his words, not mine. So he says latency tier list, and this is this is high praise that he says this. He says S tier is optimized PC, and then A tier is CRT retro and Mister. So so like so I would say like I would actually say playing on a 500 hertz setup. With perfectly tuned timings and again tuning the emulators to have lower delay than on real hardware, I can see why you put this as S. That's but, that's pretty understanding. Or that's yeah. you know I can see that, especially because you're yeah. trying to play a mix of old and um and new yeah, as well. And new. So. Yeah, and, and, and of course, and of course, A tier and CRT, you know, like that's still the gold standard. Like that's never going to change. Yeah. But then right below A tier, you see he lists Xbox Series X and uh, PS5 120 hertz. So obviously, there's a difference between 500 hertz PC. And uh, playing on 120 hertz on console, right? Yeah. And then, like, he talks about what it does. So he talks about like how it bypasses the lag, allowing you to experience the gameplay. You can see full animations, letting you react and defend better. And it's, again, it's what you were saying, like about keyframes. And even in terms of defense, he's saying things like random fast moves will be easier to defend against, even when you're not ready. Your inputs are cleaner and more consistent. So again, he's talking about the polling rate. So yeah. this is all stuff I can explain, like in technical terms. So, so the fact that he describes what he's feeling is great. So, look, he's talking about he's talking about um, when he's optimized, defending all random projectiles, moves when I'm last second duck blocking on reaction. Inputs are clean. Moves come out only when I want, and I only drop combo and have a brain fart to legit mess up. Easier to defend versus offense because the screen is clearer. No more stutters during animations. You can see the full animation of something and react properly in time instead of having to guess or react ahead of time in interactions. Move and block becomes more effective. So that's walking and, and stopping. Um, movement in general is cleaner. Input delay is gone, so you can react as fast as humanly possible. So, it's really good to hear a top player say that in, you know, actual gameplay terms, not technical terms like how we have on here. So, you yeah. know, could you send me the link to that so I can uh, put it in the description for everybody? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'll Thank definitely you. send you his link. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to catch up and do all this because you know I just. I've been wanting to do some kind of overview on this, but then I just I knew I'd mess it up. So just having you here to talk with me about it just made it made it fun and easy. So thank you. Oh yeah, for it sure. A, it was a blast. And then and then thanks for giving me a platform to like you know actually talk about FGCOS. So again, guys, there's all like an idea in my head. So Bob kind of put me on the spot. Yeah. Here's just let it let it rock. But no, like this is there's definitely the vision I, I have for low latency PC and and uh, fighting games. And you know like I'm happy to do what I can to help push it forward. Awesome. All right. Well, I will be keeping everybody updated. Um, you know, everybody, everybody in the scene, you know, who does stuff like this knows me. So reach out in all the usual places if you want to be a part of this and test it. And I'll put you in touch with Art, and we'll, we'll figure something out. And yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of really good people out there that would. would yeah, be there's any if yeah, there's any like diehard latency nerds out there that really want to help us. It's like we could definitely use people like you because like yeah, because because uh, like literally, like in my journey, it's it's crazy because. 
when I talked to this about Bob last year, you know, was again the monitor, the ZSWorks monitor put me down this rabbit hole because I was playing on a first I was playing on a 60 hertz flat screen, then I was playing on a 480 hertz unoptimized setup, <laughs> and now I'm playing on a 480 hertz optimized setup. Yeah, and like the level, the level of knowledge I have now compared to like even a year ago is like amazing. Yeah, it's, it's just awesome. getting better and better. It's getting better and better all the time. Love this stuff. Absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yep. thanks again, Art. I really appreciate it. We'll put links to where you can find you and everything else, of course, like always. And this uh-huh. is the first of many conversations about this. I'll be showing demos and we're going to have we're going to have other people in the scene take a look at it, too, because I, I just this could be huge for a lot of people in all the best ways. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's definitely an exciting time. Thanks for having me, Bob. Hell yeah, man. See ya. Ladies. <laughs>